Hello. Hey yo. I'm Iz. And I'm Sash. Welcome back to Iz and Sash. We're back with our second episode. Today we're going to be exploring creative hobbies, but before we get into that, we're going to do our penny thoughts. So let's get started. We ask each other the question, a penny for our thoughts, and share what's on our mind. This can be something we've been thinking about a lot this week, or an article that we read, or just anything that we thought was really interesting. So Isabel, a penny for your thoughts. So my penny uh, penny thought today is kind of tied to something that came up on our last episode. Um, for those who might not have listened, first, go listen. Uh, second, I've been watching a lot of America's Next Top Model, original. I'm just about done with season one. Um it's been very interesting to kind of see a lot of what the beauty standards, the fashion industry standards were back, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. And it is nice to see that a lot of progress has sincerely been made in terms of like which bodies are considered, I don't know, model-esque, what's considered fashionable, et cetera. So a lot more work to be done for sure, like across society. Um, but it is kind of nice to look back and see like, wow. I can't believe at one point that was not only acceptable, but like showed on television. <laughs> and now it's like there's some of the things they're doing that, I don't know, talking about girls' bodies in certain ways, like photo shoots that just like would not happen anymore. Um, thankfully so. But that's something that has been on my mind. Cha-ching! <laughs> Sage, Penny for your thoughts. My penny thought this week is actually a little silly, but I was thinking about hot chocolate. I tend to drink it most nights before I go to sleep. And I was wondering, like, what makes hot chocolate super comforting? Why do I feel so comfortable whenever I drink it? And I was like, maybe it's a combination of the fact that it's a hot beverage and I prefer warmer climate, warmer temperatures, and then the fact that it's sweet and I have, I have a decent sweet tooth. I have weird opinions about sweets, but like for the most part, I quite enjoy them. So I'm like, maybe that's what it is. Or maybe it's the memories that are associated with drinking hot chocolate with certain people or being around friends and family and drinking hot chocolate or sitting around a campfire doing it. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Interesting. I like that. I think hot chocolate, especially for kids, is like kids don't get that many special drinks besides soda and juice. Like hot chocolate, when I was a kid, we would only have after we'd been outside in the snow, during the cold weather, like during the winter time. So it has a lot of sentimental value. And I think you combine that with it's a very comforting drink, like similar to warm milk. It's very relaxing. It warms you from the inside. I think it's probably a combination of all three. Plus, chocolate is amazing. And who doesn't like drinking chocolate? (laughs) That's true. I also really like milk, which I just now realized that that's probably the biggest contributing factor to my affection for hot chocolate. (laughs) I was thinking that (laughs) you do the chocolate or the milk factor is probably key for super high. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. All right, so for today's episode, we are going to be talking about creative hobbies. Uh, We both have various creative pursuits, and we'll be going back and forth to tell a little bit about what we each like to do. Um, So first, Sage, tell us about your creative hobbies. What do you like to do? How did you get into them? And why do you like to do them? 
I guess I'll start like way back when. I think the first like creative hobby that I had was painting. I really enjoyed painting canvases as a child. I liked acrylic paints, I think the most. And it wasn't really my medium. I wasn't like very talented at all. I was not at all talented, I would like to say. <laughs> but um, it really wasn't my medium. But I needed a creative outlet and my family supported it. Actually, my uncle still has like a painting of mine hanging in his room. Like it's framed and everything. It looks like a five-year-old painted it, but I'm pretty sure I painted it when I was like 15. <laughs> Not at all like at the standard I should have been, should have been, quote unquote. Later on, I ended up taking like a watercolor painting class and I enjoyed that. But again, I wasn't like super great at it. And I think it wasn't my medium either, even though it was a little bit different than acrylic or oil painting. But I've always enjoyed creative hobbies. Um, and when I came to college, I found photography. It was my first year at college. I was trying to start a humans project, like Humans of New York. And I had gotten most of the stuff set up for it. I had borrowed a camera from the library. And then I ran into one of my friends and mentors from my orientation program. And she was also starting a humans project. And we thought, how cool would it be if we just started a humans project together? And I talked about this a little bit on our podcast last week, but I really enjoyed doing it. And she is a very skilled photographer. Shout out, you know who you are. <laughs> she really is. She taught me a lot about photography um, and I really got invested in it. And uh, I think it was, it was about a year later that I was convinced. I was like, this is, this is my medium. Like this is what my creative outlet should be. And I got myself a camera um, and I ended up actually taking photography classes at college. So um, I took three classes, did intro, intermediate and advanced. Um, and we started with digital photo and then we did black and white film. And then our advanced class focused a lot more on lighting. And I actually ended up becoming a photo TA, which uh, <laughs> made me learn a lot about like printing both digital photos and like the intricacies of color management and like just how sophisticated like printers can be Seriously. which you never really think about <laughs> um you're like okay yeah I'm just gonna get a photo printed and it's like whatever but no there's a lot that goes into printing just generally whether it's pictures or otherwise um and then printing in the dark room that was something I didn't realize how much I loved and it was so therapeutic for me to go into the dark room detach from the outside world because you can't use a screen you can't use your phone you can't have any light in there and it was sort of just me and my photos and that whole process I could spend like four or five hours on it um I actually had one photo class uh it was we had like a huge chunk of time for our photo class and I ended up spending like I think like it was something like an hour and a half, maybe two hours printing one picture, just one picture oh because God. it was a new type of paper we were printing on and I wanted to get it right and absolutely perfect and like learn the material. And um, everyone else had sort of like tried it and like got something close, but not like quite there. But I spent like the time just doing it. And I, by the end of it, like I was like, this paper is awesome. It's such a cool 
like um, material to print out it was fiber paper mm-hmm. um, which is a little bit more difficult than just like normal photo paper for any of the other photography nerds out there <laughs> um but yeah it was a lot of fun and I think that's sort of what ended up being my creative outlet and what I enjoyed doing a lot very cool and what kind of photos do you enjoy taking what style um so I enjoy taking portrait photos as you might have guessed <laughs> from my humans project um that I think definitely came from my friend and also like I enjoy being around others and I enjoy taking more stage portrait photos but um there's a lot that you can do with portraits and I think capturing the people around you especially for me I place a lot of value on the relationships I have in my life and taking portrait photos is definitely uh one of those ways of expressing that as well yeah, for sure. And I know recently you you just took some portrait shots. So I know how much you enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> One of my friends just got engaged and I got to take some photos for her. So and her and her fiance now. Oh my gosh. I know. So very exciting. exciting. <laughs> so very cool. Um, so besides portrait photos, uh, how else do you practice? So so I practice editing regularly uh, in Photoshop. And that's mostly like small things with work, just like cropping photos and things like that. But even that makes a huge difference, I think. Um, I think the most practice I get is actually me photoshopping myself into my friend's photos. (laughs) And I know you've been a victim of me doing this multiple times. Oh, victim. They're amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But they're so much fun. Like when uh, a lot of my friends don't live around me and so... Uh, sometimes when they post things on Instagram, I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could have been there. And <laughs> then I pick up my computer and promptly Photoshop myself into these pictures. But I mean, it's fun. It's funny. I think they enjoy it as much as I do. And I don't know, it's just like another way to practice things like doing something a little bit weird and things that I have the skills for. Um, obviously, right now, we really can't be with other people because of the pandemic. Um, So I haven't gotten to take as many pictures, but I do like to go on walks with my camera. Um, We did uh, a photo walk assignment when I was in college. And I think that sort of rubbed off on me and just like walking and taking pictures and like letting my self get drawn towards certain objects or certain people or interactions or whatever it is and go go out and just take pictures of whatever I find interesting and compelling yeah, I've also experimented a little bit with self-portraits. Um, they're they're very intimidating to do because usually you're the one taking the photo, not yeah. the other. You're not the subject of the photo, um, and so that's I think a little bit more challenging than people realize. It's not like taking a selfie. Uh, <laughs> there's it's a little bit different than than that, and it's like what are you trying to convey from a self-portrait? What about beyond photo? I know you have a history of painting. Um, What other hobbies do you have to share with us? Oh my God. I have way too many hobbies. (laughs) So I'm going to like give you like three of my other hobbies. Not any more than that, I promise. (laughs) So one of my other hobbies would be doodling. I started an Instagram one summer of college called Pot of Ink. And it's just drawings of random things that I see or thoughts that I have, um, contemplating life kind of like this podcast (laughs) there's a theme yep just a little bit (laughs) um but 
it's sort of my way of expressing myself in black and white and just like putting pen to paper I think I'm not the greatest at drawing and trying to keep it simple and doodling just without any restrictions or ideas of perfection kind of helps a lot another hobby that I have is knitting and this is obviously a little bit different but I learned to knit when I was in kindergarten Uh, (laughs) believe it or not I was super young and I made a headband with my grandmom and it was like the the only thing I was able to do start to finish and then I just gave it up completely (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but I mean I just didn't have the patience to do it as a child but I found it again after I finished college Um, I ended up buying a knitting kit online there are plenty of places to do so if you're interested in knitting and I'm actually currently working on a cardigan. I'm pretty close to finishing it. And I will start working on yours after that. But it's going to take some time. So ex- expect it next Christmas. No not this year. I'm super excited. <laughs> <laughs> My third and final hobby that I will talk about is uh, writing or journaling. Um, when I was in high school, I used to write songs and poetry Uh, My friends and I started a band. Amazing. (laughs) I love it. No, it wasn't like, it was like the like, not a band band. We didn't, we, some of us played instruments, but I was the lyricist and um, I would write songs and my friends would sing them and another friend of ours would mix them in garage band. And that was our band. Pretty advanced for a high school band. Um, but now, now my writing is more journaling to reflect on my experiences and process what's happening in my environment and my interactions with people and like reflecting on any ideas that I might have or like kind of like having a conversation with myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's weird to read them back sometimes. Like you're having a conversation with your past self and like thinking about what you said. It's super meta. Interesting. <laughs> But I do uh, quite enjoy journaling and that expression of self as well. Very cool. So let's switch gears a little bit. I'm going to turn the questions on you. Uh, okay. <laughs> so what hobbies did you do you have and like how did you get into them and why do you like them? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I grew up with a very musical family. Um, I grandfather was a pastor my grandmother was a church organist so like I grew up with my mom and her family all playing music every Friday night like family band style so I grew up as a kid we had a piano we were surrounded by music I remember distinctly being I don't know like kindergarten age like five or six and having this little keyboard and pretending to read music and make up songs so I grew up around music and I ended up being in my middle school band my high school band I learned piano I learned clarinet not my calling um then I switched to bass guitar much more my speed played a couple other instruments so that was a huge part of kind of my childhood and upbringing I fell away from it in college instead I started spending a lot more time reading and writing because I've always loved reading I majored in English and creative writing um so that became a key component of my college experience but even before I originally would write song lyrics and songs and that turned into just like generally writing poetry and creative writing in general. So I think that's probably my most natural medium. I don't know. It's like the thing I'm most comfortable doing and I feel is like the best way to express myself. Um, But I do, I also 
like to be doing things with my hands. So I've recently been getting into doodling similar to you. I think a little bit inspired by you maybe. Um, So I've been doodling a little bit on my iPad. Very silly little drawings, but they get me through boring lectures. (laughs) So those are my main, my main hobbies. So how do you practice? Like how often do you do, do you practice and what do you do when you practice? Yeah, um, probably not enough. (laughs) I'm thinking about how often, but I do try to intentionally consume a lot of creative things. I think that comes from as a, like as a poetry writer in general or as a writer in general you're very highly encouraged to continually be consuming different writing obviously um so I spend a lot of time reading I don't know listening to music trying to like at least consume creative things as most people do it's very entertaining um but I do I have been doodling more especially as a way to like at least try to still listen and stay engaged on my calls even when I'm hitting a little bit of zoom fatigue I'm a full-time student so I spend you know, six plus hours a day in Zoom, which is a lot of time on Zoom. Um, so I do doodle during those moments. Um, and I used to have like a small group of friends. We'd play music every week, stuff like that. That accountability is very helpful. Um, lacking that right now for various reasons. But I think ultimately the best I've been doing right now is just finding like opportunities to be creative during everyday tasks, like getting creative with cooking or getting creative when I, I used a couple different journals and like just I don't know, doodling, like doing things, like, I don't know, you can find ways to be creative, even if you're not finding the time to sit down and actively pursue a creative hobby. Yeah, that's super true. That's very true. <laughs> I'm super interested in this because you have not told me anything about this <laughs> next question. So what is your current work in progress or your current like your most recent project yeah so in our our show notes all I have here is shower grape which is my current doodle I'm like 60% done maybe it is I mean it it is what it is it's a doodle of a grape taking a shower turning into a raisin because you know when you're like in the bath too long and your fingers get all pruney oh my (laughs) it's a grape that that's happening too (laughs) yeah very exciting stuff that's like about oh my God. that's the level of like like drawing I'm doing um yeah I think that's perfect <laughs> yeah it keeps me entertained <laughs> um yep so that's my current work in progress um but now that we've kind of spoken a little bit about how we got into our creative hobbies I think it'd be helpful to talk about what advice we might have or what we've learned I know I've definitely I don't know, started to like understand things or like, especially as an adult pursuing hobbies in general, I feel like sometimes that's not always like given a lot of attention. So Sage, what are some, like what's some advice you would give to folks who are interested in photo or interested in creative hobbies in general? Yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing would be don't be afraid to try something new, even if you're not good at it. I definitely like didn't start off with the thing that was my creative outlet. I sort of progressed and dabbled in different mediums before I was able to find like what I truly like. And I mean, even now, like I think my creative outlets continue to morph and evolve, um, whether it was from painting to, um, to photo, to doodling, uh, to this podcast, even, um, I think that our creative outlets will constantly be changing and we should just go with it and enjoy them and try new things. And, 
Specifically in regards to photography, I know that getting an SLR camera can be really expensive, but I really enjoyed it. And I mean, if you wanted to try it out, you could find secondhand gear pretty easily or rent gear even. If you just wanted to give it a try, like I didn't buy my camera outright when I first was like, oh, I'm interested in photo. I spent a year playing with the digital cameras from our college library and with my friend's camera, my friend who taught me how to take photos initially. Between those things, I was like, yes, I know I really, really like this. So even if you're not ready to commit to something, because it is a huge purchase, like SLR cameras can be super expensive. I think there are ways around it, like be creative in (laughs) how you want to start your new hobby or try something new. And I think you'll be able to do it. You might, like, you just have to figure out how you enjoy expressing yourself. And I think that's like the biggest thing. If you're enjoying what you're doing, it doesn't matter whether it's great or not. It's that you enjoy doing it. So yeah, I think that's my piece of advice is yeah, just find something that you enjoy doing and don't be afraid to try something that you haven't. Yeah, totally. I like think that's the most important part too is like figuring out how to express yourself. I like how you phrase that and also just doing it for the act of doing it not to like be good or not be good and there are ways to get better through practice through like youtube you can literally learn anything including making a podcast (laughs) um so you can like literally learn how to do anything on your own and you can also invest in yourself find local lessons get creative with what you have available to you and then continue to invest as you develop those skills more but I think that is one key thing that I should do a better job of reminding myself is like it's about like enjoying the experience of it and the expression not is my grape actually does my grape actually look like a grape or not I mean I think you're so right when you say that I think it's like there's so many classes like not just on YouTube for like YouTube is a great space for people to teach each other things and learn new things for yourself but there are also like a lot, a lot of online classes. And especially with this pandemic, I think we've seen an increasing amount of online classes up here, just with any interest and hobby and things that you can do at home even. So just a quick Google search away or Bing or DuckDuckGo, whatever oh you my use. Gosh, you just like Bing. <laughs> no shade to Bing, but also a little bit of shade. Uh, <laughs> would you consider yourself a creative person? Um, I think so. I think a lot of my love lies in creative things, whether Mm -hmm. it's the creative part of my job or just doing something that is stimulating that part of my brain. I, for, I don't know how to express (laughs) it exactly. Um, and I think that's part of it. It's like doing these things, like whether it's doodling or taking a picture, it's allowing me a way to express myself in a way that words may not necessarily be able to. I know I said I journal, but like a lot of my journaling is also like just me doodling Mm. uh, in my journal. And so it's different. Like it's things that I can't express with words or don't know how to express a certain feeling or don't recognize a certain, certain feeling. And I'm able to do it through these different mediums, whether it's that self portrait that is so hard to take or knitting a cardigan that's like easing my frustration. (laughs) It sort of just depends. Right. And that's, I think that's why I have so many hobbies quite honestly, because I think each one of my hobbies does something different for me and is a different form of a creative outlet for me. What advice do you have for our listeners? Um, I think 
I really like what we've hit on so far. I think the one other thing I was just thinking of while you were speaking, and I love the idea of like you can use different hobbies to express yourself in different ways and get out emotions in different ways. That might not be as easy to do just speaking out loud. Um, but like one thing I did learn from my like undergrad degree is that just because it's something that's creative or fun or a hobby, like you still are going to have to put work in in a lot of ways. And so it's not like, I mean, it just kind of depends how you want to commit to it and to what level, like what it does for you and what you get out of it. But for writing, like I have to find time and sit down and do it. It's not, if I like leave myself to my own devices, I'm going to go watch America's Next Top Model or go do something else. And I'm not going to like do the thing, but it's similar to like, to running for me it's like once I do it I know I'm gonna be the better off for it so it's like don't be scared by the idea that if it's not fun all the time it like it doesn't count or it's not like what you should be doing because you can like you're sometimes you might still have to work at it but it's gonna you're gonna be the better off for it at the end and that could be just because like part of what you're expressing or what you're working through you need to go through some of that I don't know like struggle some of that like effort to get that product in the end or get that expression. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Like you need to process it a little bit yourself. Um, This is like maybe another penny thought for this episode. (laughs) Um, But I've been thinking about like, about how I spend my creative time a lot. And actually very recently I blocked out an hour on my calendar right before I go to bed. So, I mean, we hear this all the time. You shouldn't like use the screen before you go to sleep. And what I've been trying to do is dedicate the hour before I go to sleep to my hobby, whether it's knitting, reading, writing. I don't usually take photos before bed, but (laughs) um, you you sort of get the idea. Like I try to spend the time away from my screen, partially because I spend a lot of time during the day on my screen. And I mean, like you said, we spend so much time on our computers and on our devices. It's kind of nice to have a hobby that takes you away from that and is able to let you disconnect and that's why I enjoyed the darkroom so much. And I think that's sort of how I see my hobbies now as like a way to disconnect a little bit from everything that's going on. Our attention is trying to be grabbed by everything in our inbox and all of these push notifications that we get on our phone. And it's trying the best to grab our attention as much as we can. And my hobbies are definitely the way I sort of push back. And I'm like, this is my space. This is my time. This is my permission to be creative and be myself and not worry about whatever else is happening, which I think is super important. Other people may not. But, <laughs> I, think uh, so I agree. And I think it's like finding ways to cut through the noise, like you're saying. And sometimes it's like building a habit, too, of once you cut through that noise. Like sometimes I'll sit down at the end of the day and be like, I'm going to listen to a book or I'm going to watch something and I want to draw. And it's like, well, I don't know what I want to draw. And it's like building that habit of once you have the space and like that open opportunity, being able to start like getting, I don't know, transitioning into that creative space, I guess, and figuring out enough of a direction to start actually doing the thing. Because sometimes, at least for me, that's often the hardest part is like actually just doing the thing. And once I get started, it's like the next step becomes more visible. Yeah, it's sort of like building a new habit. Like you want when you first start, you're so motivated to do it. And then it kind of lulls a little bit. And then you might just drop it pretty quickly. But I actually set reminders for myself um, I like that. to work on my hobbies and to engage in them and enjoy them because I know that there are a lot of things happening right now with in the world. And I think 
it's good to just refocus. Heck yeah, I support that. Um, any final thoughts about creative hobbies? Thing, I think the one thing maybe is that I also think like creativity can mean different things to different people. So it, I think there are people who are potentially more inclined to be creative, but I think everybody has that ability and it's all it comes down to like who you are and what you want to do and like how you define it and what is right for you is very personal and is not like in general don't compare yourself to other people because that's just a recipe for disaster and stuff you can't control oh for sure (laughs) across the board but even like you being creative like our creative hobbies clearly we have some overlap but we have things that are very different too and so if you're listening now and you're like oh I'm not creative this doesn't make any like this doesn't apply to me like I would challenge that notion to say like everybody has ways they can be creative or everybody expresses themselves um, or has the ability to do so so just Again, it's all about what works for you and what is your way, your way of doing it. So now we're going to wrap things up as we do with a question for you as the audience. Um, What does creativity look like for you? How do you express yourselves? Do you have hobbies you don't do but wish you could do? Hobbies you think are cool and want to share? Uh, Let us know and we'll recap some in a future episode. on our creative hobbies episode follow us on instagram at isinsage and let us know what you think by sending us a dm or emailing us at isinsage at gmail.com thanks for listening subscribe to our podcast for more episodes bye podcast produced by isinsage music is paradise by ixon